20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Practice day 11 was on Sunday. We are starting to ramp up for Packers Patriots this upcoming week. Three practices open to the public. We've got Packers Patriots preseason at the end of the week. So things are pushing into full gear for the remainder of camp. It's going to go insanely fast. Before you know it, it's going to be cut downs, practice squad, and it'll be Packers Bears week one. And it is just going to fly by from here through probably the end of the season, basically. But before we get to all of that, let's go over practice day 11 on Sunday. Was not open to the public, was not in pad, so it was not a padded practice, but still a pretty good practice, a lot of key takeaways. So let's get into it right away. The bad news first, quite a few injuries on the injury report. Tariq Carpenter was the new one. He is out with a back injury. Corey Ballantyne had a stinger injury from the game the other night. He was still out. Tyler Goodson out with the shoulder. He had a shoulder and a sling. Caleb Jones with an ankle injury. Luke Tenuta with an ankle injury. Tyler Davis, of course, tore his ACL. Eric Stokes remains out on the pup list. Lou Nichols was still out with his shoulder injury. And then Jair Alexander remained out with his groin injury. Let's talk about Jair on that list first. Um, Jair was out at practice. He had his helmet. It looked like maybe he was going to go. And then he was off to the side working with Eric Stokes on the side with a trainer. He never did any team activities. And I did confirm with PR that he is still out with a groin injury. They did also confirm that this is extremely precautionary. There's no long-term issue with Jair. They're just being very, very careful with him. So it looked like at times that maybe he was going to practice. Was he practicing? Was he not? But he was off to the side with Eric Stokes working with the rehab group and did not officially practice, still out officially with the groin injury, but nothing to be concerned about at this point. Matt LaFleur was asked about the injuries, specifically for the new players who were injured, not named Tyler Davis, who we know is going to be out for the season, but who is going to be the longest injury of that group if there was any long-term issues. And he said that Luke Tenuta was the one that was probably going to be the longest and the one that was giving them the most concern at the moment. So not unexpected because he was carted off. In fact, I might, and we don't know, maybe he is out for the year as well, and we're going to get news that he has some major injury. But if if he's going to be the longest and there hasn't been a confirmation that he's going to be out for the year, I would actually take that as good news because the way that he was carted off and everyone surrounded him and everything, that looked like a potential season-ending injury. So if it's anything other than that, I would actually argue that that's good news. And the fact that nobody else was in that conversation for like a season-ending injury or anything like that was good news as well. Meanwhile, David Bakhtiari did not practice with just rest, you know day off uh, resting. We'll see if he is back on Monday when the pads come back on. And then two players returned to practice, both Jake Hansen and Innes Gaines. So both to see, well, great to see both of those players back, but still no Carpenter, Ballantyne, Goodson, Caleb Jones, Tenuta, Tyler Davis, Eric Stokes, Lou Nichols, Jair Alexander, or David Bakhtiari in this specific practice. Of course, we start with Jordan Love as we do with most practice days and pretty much anything at this point starts and ends with Jordan Love. But Jordan Love had a fantastic day of practice. He was 17 of 23 overall, had 
four touchdowns, no interceptions on the day. Those stats were brought to you by Bill Huber, who does such an amazing job covering practice and keeping track of the actual statistics at daily practice. But 17 of 23, four touchdowns, no picks. Check out his full recap of practice over at Sports Illustrated. But a couple of the highlights from Jordan, he had an absolute bullet to A.J. Dillon in the red zone period. Um, Sounds like it was out of the pony personnel. I did not see the specific personnel. They had the two two two-minute drill, or sorry, two red zone drills going on at the same time, the ones and the twos. Because this practice was not open to public, uh, there was no, there's not a bunch of fans on the sidelines and things like that, that I had to sort of maneuver. So I could actually stand between both of them and watch both at the same time. So I was going back and forth and trying to get as much as I could, but I didn't see the specific package. It sounds like it might've been out of pony, uh, but AJ Dillon, a really nice touchdown catch on an absolute bullet from, from Jordan Love in the red zone drill. He also had some huge third down completions in the two minute drive, including a nice out route to Christian Watson and a really nice completion over the middle on a slant to Jaden Reed to keep the chains moving. Three different times throughout the course of practice, he was able to get the defense to jump off sides and get free plays out of it. So not just getting players to jump off sides, but in you know, in rhythm with his offensive line of they, you know, they were able to notice it, get the snap off, and give Jordan that free play as well taking after his predecessors and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, who were phenomenal at getting free plays and using their cadence. Jordan Love has been fantastic with his cadence so far and certainly seems like he's going to get some players to jump off sides and hopefully get some of those free plays this upcoming season. He also had a gorgeous pass in two minute to Jaden Reed for a touchdown that we're going to go over more in just a moment. He also continued to take tremendous care of the football, had no interception-worthy plays or turnover-worthy plays on this specific day. Just as to note, and this is not a knock on Tua Tagovailoa or anything, Tua had three interceptions at practice on Sunday. And Jordan has three interceptions through 11 practices and a preseason game now. So he's had 12 appearances, three interceptions. Tua had three interceptions just in practice on Sunday. And there, there are going to be days like that. Jordan will go through those as well. Zero question about it. You, you're a starter long enough. You're going to have some rough days at practice no matter who you are. But it just goes to show you just how great that Jordan has been at taking care of the football. Two of those interceptions were legitimate. One, of course, is the one I've been talking about, the tip pass that Devondre tipped at the very beginning of practice. And then, uh, sorry, Jair tipped it and Devondre came down with it. He's had two other interception-worthy plays, one that he threw right to Quay Walker, another that he threw to uh, Carrington Valentine that went through his hands and actually ended up in a touchdown to Jaden Reed. So four, I would I would argue like four uh, you know, interception-worthy plays so far for Jordan Love. That's not bad. And and again, only three interceptions total. So he's done a tremendous job of taking care of the football. He's also gotten rid of the ball quickly. There haven't been many sack opportunities for the defense. It's it's tough to tell with him wearing the red jersey if there could have been any like force fumble type plays, but man, overall, Jordan's done a really nice job, and that certainly is noteworthy as well. He actually hit Luke Musgrave in this practice on a crossing drill that, or a crossing route that was extremely similar to the one that he missed in the game. So he got an opportunity to sort of get that one back, and he had a really nice completion against the Packers defense on that one. And then he also had an absolute bullet in team drills to start the day, uh, where he had um, they they were running the ball. I, I don't know if it was play action or not, but. Musgrave came open over the middle. Carrington Valentine had pretty tight coverage on it, and he just rifled one over the middle in stride to to Luke Musgrave. So really, really nice day uh, for Jordan Love. Um, I also just want to talk about Luke Musgrave here for just a moment because I was going to actually looking at my notes now. I was going to put him on my notes, and I totally forgot about it. So before I forget again, let's talk about Luke Musgrave right away. 
I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Like if you haven't bought stock yet in Luke Musgrave, it is well past time. And I once again will tell you, I am doing my best to temper my own expectations for Luke Musgrave. Robert Tunyon two years ago or last year, um, one of the two for what I know it was two years ago, had one of the best training camps, caught everything his way, had good separation, was the MVP, like one of the MVPs of camp easily. And then that was coming off his 10 touchdown season. And then, the, you know, he got into regular season, dropped a few passes, didn't look like himself and then tore his ACL and the rest was history, obviously. But like, just because somebody has a great, you know, training camp does not mean that it always equates to the field. I just have no idea at this point how it wouldn't. He had another massive day. He had multiple big completions. They continued to target him in a very aggressive way. As I mentioned on family night, he had three consecutive plays at one time at family night where they went to him in his direction. They targeted him three times in nine Jordan Love passes in the preseason game. Like he is going to be a major piece in this offense. And as I detailed in my film review, it's not just his getting targets either. He is drawing defenders away in the middle of the field and getting wide receivers open and one-on-ones or drawing two safeties as he's running a nine route lined up out wide as a basically a big wide receiver on the outside and beating the corner clean and making the safety go over to his side and watch him so that Jaden Reed comes over on the crosser. Like it is short passes. It is intermediate passes. They're targeting him on deep passes. They're using him as a decoy and setting everyone else up for success. He's had a couple of nice blocks. It's still a very uh, big work in progress for his run blocking, but he's actually had a couple of really nice blocks, including on the touchdown run to Tyler Goodson. I don't know what else to say. Luke Musgrave has been fantastic and he looks to be a major piece of this offense. Another really, really nice day for Luke Musgrave at practice on Sunday. Meanwhile, uh, we had some changes overall uh, with the first team offense, at least one major change that I wanted to go over. Rasheed Walker got the first reps and really all, all the reps throughout the day at left tackle. He did not leave that number one left tackle spot all throughout the day, not in walkthroughs, not in team drills, not in two minute, nothing. It was Rasheed Walker at left tackle. He was my third highest graded player on offense from Friday's game. He looked really good in my opinion. He had a couple hiccups, that a couple plays he'd like to have back, no question about it. But I thought it was a really nice day for him. My immediate reaction was, oh, well, of course, David Bakhtiari is resting and Yash must be out as well because Zach Tom was at right tackle and Rashid was at left tackle. And I was looking around, I didn't see Yash. And I'm just assuming like, oh, he must have got banged up a little bit. So they put Rashid in. No. Yash was practicing with the twos on the other side of the field or with the B team on the other side of the field. So a very, very interesting, you know, I guess moment for both of those players where Rashid, you know, seems to get the promotion up to the A team. Yash sort of gets the demotion down to the B team. I don't know if that's just sending a message to Yash and saying like, hey, this is legit competition. You need to play better. I don't know if that's like, hey, let's just get a day with Rashid in there to see what he can do, because that could be it too. We've had days where Royce got some reps with the ones. We've had days where you know they, they've moved some things around and done some different things, and this could have just been a version of that. I don't know, but it's certainly going to be something that we're keeping a close eye on this week. And if Rashid does move ahead of Yash as the number three offensive tackle and as the swing tackle, that opens up some really interesting stuff. The first thing I would say to you is that in a vacuum, all right, take everything else away. And if you just told me in a vacuum that you had an all pro left tackle, Zach Tom was going to be a really good starter at right tackle and Rashid was going to be the swing tackle. If you told me those three things 
And then you told me that the number four offensive tackle was set to make over $4 million on a one-year deal this season. I would say there's 0% chance that that happens. Like you're just not paying uh, any sort of number four offensive tackle, that type of money, especially when you're in a financial situation the way that Green Bay is. And any sort of salary cap relief helps you both now and going into the future because of course you can carry over salary cap money as well, right? So in a vacuum, I would say if Yash ends up being the four, like now you start really having to think about you know, sort of some sort of trade or, you know, something to get that number off the roster. However, we don't live in a vacuum. We live in the real world. And that complicates things greatly because you can't totally trust your all pro left tackles knee. Zach Tom, I think you would love to have starting at right tackle, but if Josh doesn't play well at center, Zach might have to kick in and play center, which means you need a right tackle. And as much as Rashid is maybe the you know player at this given practice that's playing that swing tackle position, I don't know that you have the level of faith if you had to start a game this coming Sunday and you know one of those guys wasn't able to go at tackle. And are you going to go with Rashid or are you going to go with Yash? Yeah, Rashid practiced ahead of him today. I would guess if there was a game tomorrow, they'd probably go with Yash over Rashid if they needed one of those two players. So it's just, it's going to be worth monitoring. And I don't know what's going to ultimately happen. The Caleb Jones injury, the Luke Tenuta injury, that clouds that position quite a bit as well. But worth noting, it was Yash with the twos. It was Rashid Walker with the ones. And like I said, deservedly so for the way that Rashid played on Friday night. And it'll be interesting to see if he does get more reps with the ones this coming week, especially as they transition to the practices with the New England Patriots. Your overall starters on offense, Jordan Love at quarterback, Christian Watson and Samore Toure at wide receiver. Please note, no big wide receiver controversy. They rotate those guys in all the time. And it was on the very second play, Toure was out and Dobbs was in. So don't think, and don't overthink that one at all. But it was Love, Watson and Toure, Aaron Jones, Luke Musgrave and Josiah DeGuara, who was back with team, which was great to see. And then Rasheed Walker, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr. and Zach Tom along the offensive line. The defense was the same as it normally was. The only changes, well, it was still Justin Hollins on the edge with the starters, uh, Carrington Valentine in for Jair Alexander, and then it was still Jonathan Owens at safety, although they did rotate the safeties quite a bit as well. The biggest thing I wanted to go over was the two-minute drills because it was a really, really fun two-minute drill on both sides, and it just there was a lot of drama. It was really, really fun. So here's the situation. A minute 45 to go. The offense is down by seven, 28 to 21. They're on their own 30, two timeouts remaining. And of course, Jordan Love and the ones were at uh, were on offense, Jordan Love at quarterback. The offensive line for this one was Rasheed Walker at left tackle, Zach Tom at left guard. One of the first times I think I've seen him at left guard so far in camp. They gave Elton the rest for that specific drive. Myers at center, Runyon at right guard, and then Nyman got in at right tackle in that situation. So that was your two-minute drill to end practice with the ones. So here was the situation. Again, run through that situation one more time. Two-minute drill, minute 45 left, 28-21, down by seven at their own 30-yard line, two timeouts left. Hello friends, as many of you know, a few years back the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. 
Goodbye game six of the NBA finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used game time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using game time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the game time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Opening play, Jordan Love hits Aaron Jones, short right, no gain, goes out of bounds, stops the clock. Next play, he completes this Samore Toure for about six yards, gets out of bounds, setting up a third and four. The next one, he completes a pass to the right. I could not see who it was to, uh, but they pick up the first down on the play. On the fourth play, he gets a huge completion to Luke Musgrave, probably like a 20-ish yard pickup on the left side. Uh, I don't know if it was a deep crosser or what it was, but really nice play from Love to Musgrave. And again, Musgrave continues to impress. They were able to get out of bounds on that play and of course, pick up the first down as well. Then you had a deep corner route from Jordan Love to Josiah DeGuara. They were not on the same page. Love threw it long. DeGuara cut it off shorter. Savage was the closest one to the ball. Again, it's just a mismatch of what you know DeGuara and Love thought each of them were supposed to do on that specific play. Uh, but again, over it t- ends up being an overthrow and Darnell Savage was right there on it anyway. Then Jordan, one of the plays where he drew the defense offside, got a free play, took a shot down the right side to Christian Watson. It was in between the corner and the safety. Both of them were pretty much right there on it. He overthrew it a little bit and it went out of bounds to the right side. I know on a free play situation, you'd like to maybe see him just give Christian a chance at it. Even if he did, I'm fairly confident both defenders would have made a play on it and just knocked it away anyway. So no harm, no foul. If you want to really pick nits, you could say that he maybe overthrew that one a little bit, but he got the free play, took a shot at it, threw it a little bit over, you know, Watson, no harm, no foul. And then uh, play seven, he missed it. This was one of the very few misses he had on the day. AJ Dillon's coming across and Jordan threw to him and just missed Dillon on a check down. Now, to be fair, uh, it probably was better that he missed him because the clock stopped and you would have probably had to use a timeout for not much of a, a gain, but he did miss that throw on play seven. So that left you with a third and five on the opposing 38 yard line. There were 52 seconds left at this point, still had both timeouts. So he then hits... Uh, Jaden Reed on a slant for a really nice first down. And uh, at that point, the clock continued to tick. I thought for sure they would use one of those two timeouts, but they did not. On the very next play, Love rolls to his left. Nobody opened, so he ends up throwing the ball away. The ball is then on the 31-yard line, second and 10, 30 seconds left, still had both timeouts. Razul Douglas at this point is talking some serious smack to the offense once again. Very next play, Jordan Love finds Dontavian Wicks on a crossing route, gets nine yards. They call timeout. At this point, there's 24 seconds left. The ball is on the 22, third and one. You had Love to Watson on a quick out route where they pick up the first down and get out of bounds. It's been almost an automatic play for Love and Watson at this point. 20 seconds left, ball on the 15-yard line, first and 10. You had Love to Jones for a few, and then I think they called the, the next timeout right after that. 
And then on the very next play, he was able to get the defense to jump off sides again. And he had a absolutely gorgeous throw to Jaden Reed over Keyshawn Nixon in coverage, sliding in the back of the end zone. Great route by Reed. Great catch by Reed. Pretty solid coverage. And, you know, Nixon only gave him a, a small sliver of opportunity to hit that pass up and over. And then, you know, before the, the end zone ran out, basically, and it was out of bounds, Love put it on him perfectly. Reed came down with the catch and they got the touchdown to be down by one. In the past, they've done some, you know, they've just kicked the extra point on those. In this case, they decided to be aggressive. They went for two. You had Dobbs on the right side. He did a little fade against Carrington Valentine. And if we've learned one thing at practice so far, it is that you do not throw against Carrington Valentine. Valentine had great coverage. I did, it looked like maybe Dobbs had a chance at it, but Valentine was awesome on the play. And there was re- it, there was not much room there. I would not have counted it as a drop. Um, either way, the ball falls incomplete. The defense technically holds, but you gave up the touchdown drive. Great job by the offense going down, scoring that. It was a really fun drive. They were rotating a lot of guys in and out. Really good stuff from Jordan Love, navigating the entire stuff. They don't get the two-point conversion, so the defense gets a little bit of a win at the end. But that was a very, very fun drive with some really, really fun plays baked in, including that gorgeous, gorgeous touchdown pass to Jaden Reed. Same situation with the number twos, starting at their own 25, though. First play, Clifford throws a ball basically almost like right to Isaiah McDuffie. It was a little bit to the side. Isaiah McDuffie had to make kind of like a diving play. Probably should have picked it off. Wasn't an easy pick, but probably should have had it. But McDuffie drops it. Then he goes to Patrick Taylor for a few yards, clock ticks. And then the next play was maybe the most interesting play, one of the more interesting plays of camp. So Sean Clifford again at quarterback, drops back to pass. Tucker Craft is going up the seam. He is beating the linebacker just barely. And the two safeties are converging from, from their two spots. And they it is the Bermuda Triangle and it's safety, safety, linebacker running with Kraft. And there is a football-sized hole that Sean Clifford has to hit in order to get this pass complete to Tucker Kraft. And Sean Clifford nailed it perfectly. A beautiful, beautiful ball up the seam. Tucker Kraft does a great job of going and getting it. Big play up the middle. Quite honestly, one of my favorite throws that I have seen in training camp so far. It was awesome. Great job by Kraft. Amazing, amazing throw by Sean Clifford, who, by the way, had a lot of moxie on this day. He was feeling himself after that preseason performance, no question about it. He was air guitaring in some of the red zone drills after a touchdown, like he, and he was super competitive in the two-minute drill. So, But that was a gorgeous play. However, however, they called the play dead and took a down away. I thought originally maybe there was a penalty on the offense. It seemed like they called the sack before Clifford got rid of it and they backed him up and gave him the loss of down and I think took the timeout away too. We couldn't, we asked around, we looked to everyone, nobody really knew, nobody saw somebody get a sack. So we weren't 100% sure, but regardless, a unbelievable throw and catch from Sean Clifford to Tucker Kraft, but that left a big fourth down where they were way behind the chains and Brenton Cox did a great job of getting around the offensive lineman, getting a sack on the play and the defense won the drill on that specific two minute drive. So nice job by the number two defense there. A uh, couple other notes here from some players who stood out. I mentioned Luke Musgrave earlier. Tucker Kraft had a great day as well. He had a touchdown in red zone from Sean Clifford and then had that gorgeous catch up the middle from Sean Clifford. Again, they blew it dead. That doesn't change the fact that he had an unbelievable catch. So awesome stuff from, you know, from Tucker Craft. I thought he had a very nice day overall. Darnell Savage, 
had perfect coverage on Josiah DeGuara on a couple different occasions. The deep corner route that I mentioned earlier, Savage was all over that. There was also a red zone uh, period where uh, Jordan tried to go to DeGuara and Savage was all over that and batted that ball away. So Savage has had some really nice plays in camp. You still see some of the inconsistencies from time to time, uh, but this was a nice day from Darnell Savage. And then Jaden Reed, the beautiful touchdown in red zone in the one, with the ones. He also had a key completion on third down on a slant on that drive. And then he also had a touchdown in the red zone uh, period. So two minute drill, he showed up twice. And in the red zone period, he showed up with a touchdown. So Jaden Reed continues to make quite a few plays with the number ones on offense. Some other miscellaneous notes from practice. Dre Miller, the wide receiver who they picked up, I want to say it was maybe early last week, maybe it was late the week before. I don't know. These these weeks start to run together a little bit, but they picked him up. He had a history of playing both wide receiver and tight end um, in college in the NFL. They brought him in as a wide receiver. Remember, they had the Dubose injury and some other injuries that they were a little bit thin at the position. So they brought him in. He was a wide receiver with the uh, Tyler Davis injury. He now moved to tight end on Sunday. So We'll see what that means for him moving forward. It certainly gives him a lot better opportunity. Meanwhile, Josiah DeGuara and Henry Pearson were still with the fullback group when they did individual drills. So there was the four tight ends. You had Musgrave, Kraft, DeGuara, sorry, Musgrave, Kraft, Austin Allen, and Dre Miller with the tight ends. And then DeGuara and Pearson with the quote unquote fullback slash H-back group. So still a pretty thin group, and I would expect them to pick up a tight end at some point this week. If I were a betting man, we will see what happens there. Meanwhile, uh, Empey and Clifford had another botched exchange. I think that is the first one for those two together, but I can never, I don't ever remember at any point in any practice in any year seeing this many botched exchanges and they've been all different. Yes. The first five through practice were with Jay, uh, with Josh Myers. I think the last, I don't think any of the last four or five, none of them were with Josh Myers and, but the ball consistently is on the ground. Like it's almost been a failed exchange per practice at this point. It is crazy. So they need to get that cleaned up. And again, it's been different quarterbacks, different centers, but it has not been pretty so far. And like I said, you, you can't have one fumble a day in practice between center and quarterback exchanges. So another one there, Jonathan Ford, good play, bad play. Uh, he had one of the one, he was one of the players who jumped off sides for Jordan Love's hard count. So he's got to learn from that. Meanwhile, he had a very, very nice run stuff at the line of scrimmage. He really starts, you know, seemingly is, is starting to stack success and putting some good days together. He is very, very much in the conversation for potentially a six defensive line spot. He's at a very nice camp so far. Anthony Johnson Jr., as noted by Bill Huber as well, got some times, uh, some time with the number ones in the safety drill in the two-minute. I will say this, though, before we start jumping to conclusions, they rotate people in that two-minute drill, even with the ones all over the place. Dontavian Wicks was in there. You had Brenton Cox in there at one point. You had um, you know, uh, Banks, the other outside linebacker. Like You've had a variety of different players rotate in in that two-minute drill, even with the one. So they're just getting looks at different players. Until we start seeing Anthony Johnson Jr. with any legitimate number one snaps in like the, the rest of the team drills, I wouldn't read too much into it yet, but he did apparently get some in that two-minute drill. Meanwhile, in the Matt LaFleur press conference, a couple things that I talked about recently in my film review, I noted that I really wanted to see Tucker Craft come back to the football on that interception by Sean Clifford. Matt LaFleur echoed basically word for word those same sentiments of he wanted to see Tucker come back to the ball and be a, and attack it a little bit more. 
Same thing I said, it's not absolving Sean of the interception. Uh, Matt said something different there, though. He said it was the wrong read on the play. I more said, like, I just, I thought that he, you know, you know, you still maybe don't throw that ball maybe as much, but um, either way, uh, you know, Tucker could have done a better job of coming back. And that's exactly what Matt LaFleur said as well. He also called out the wide receiver in a positive way, the wide receiver blocking in the game. He mentioned the Malik Heath uh, play to the outside. He also mentioned Bo Melton, uh, who had the uh, block on the Emmanuel Wilson run. And then I pointed out on Twitter, the uh, Dontavian Wicks block on the uh, Tyler Goodson, sorry, the Tyler Goodson touchdown run. He pointed that one out as well as another one that stood out to him. So he was impressed with the blocking on the day. Grant Dubose had a couple nice catches, which was great to see out of him. He had a catch in team drills in the, with the number twos, just a little nice little sideline route, and then also had a touchdown in red zone from Alex Magoo. So he's just coming back and just starting to do teamwork. So just even seeing him get some, some passes thrown his way and involved in the offense was nice to see. Meanwhile, that number three tight end, remember there's just basically, you know, you know Musgrave and Kraft are going to make it. And then right now it's Dre Miller and Austin Allen. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Austin Allen is a player I loved coming out of college. 6'8", really unique frame, big jump ball type player. He had a really nice game on Friday, had a positive grade in my book. PFF had a really nice grade on him as well. Uh, he had a play in with the twos in red zone where he had a, you know, Alex Magoo threw a great ball to him. Perfect jump ball for a 6'8 tight end. Austin Allen went up, went and clutched the, or, uh, you know, snatched the ball out of the air, came down. I don't know who was defending on the play, but they continued to battle. Ultimately, Allen went to the ground and the ball popped out and it was ultimately incomplete. So you got to survive the ground. That's something that Allen's going to have to work on, but you could see the vision there. 6'8", tight end, beautiful jump ball. Allen went up and got it, high pointed it. There's nothing any corner in the NFL is going to do against that. And ultimately he's, he's got to come down with it though. But it's going to be really interesting to see what Austin Allen does with some of those opportunities moving forward, as right now he's kind of the default number three tight end for this Packers team. My players of the day, Jordan Love, again, we, we mentioned the, the stats at the onset, but he had a fantastic day slinging the ball all around, including a couple really nice uh, bullet throws and a really nice touch throw to, to Jaden Reed in the end zone in the two-minute drill. Luke Musgrave, multiple catches again, Tucker Craft, the seam ball, and then the... Um, the, you know, the touchdown in red zone and then Jaden Reed, three big catches in both red zone and, and two minute drill as well. So love Musgrave, Kraft and Reed, my players of the day, my two plays of the day, Sean Clifford to Tucker Kraft. Don't care that it got ruled, whatever it was ruled and they had to take it back. That was a beautiful, beautiful play. Maybe one of my favorite plays of camp so far. And then Jordan loved to Jaden Reed in the two minute for the touchdown. Pretty spectacular as well. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Hit subscribe if you have not already. What are you waiting for? You know you're going to love it, so make sure to do that. Hit like, hit those comments up so it helps the algorithm. If you're listening on the audio podcast, make sure to give that five-star review. Check out packadaypodcast.com for some awesome Packaday Podcast merchandise. I will see you guys here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Paco. 